Hello, and welcome to the Daily Grind Podcast, a ministry of Faith Baptist Church. It's a daily podcast, Monday through Friday, on our Daily Walk with Christ, uh, hosted by Stephen and Andy Bitsko, myself. Today we're going to be using the Logos Bible software, as well as the 365 Days of Spurgeon. Alternatively to the Logos Bible software, you can use your Bible. However, if you don't have one readily accessible, you can download the Logos Bible software at Logos.com. It's completely free. However, the 365 Days of Spurgeon devotional is not free. Therefore, it is completely optional. We have the slides on screen, and if you're listening without the slides, it's in the podcast notes. Okay, today is the 6th of May. We're going to be discussing Spurgeon's um, excerpt of a sermon, Terrible Convictions and Gentle Drawings. And the first reading we're going to have for today takes us to the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16, verses 11 through 34. 34. It's a long one. It's a long one. So again, I want to remind you while you're looking through your Bible, if you don't have a Bible, you can get the the free Logos Bible software. Also, if you want to, you can go faithbaptistelpaso.org, go to our daily podcast, website and you can click and you'll see this uh it'll show up on the screen for you at our podcast i'll give you the slides that we view as well if you're not on a main platform like itunes uh, podbeam spotify those notes are in the descriptions and in acts chapter 16 verses 11 through 14 we see therefore loosing from taurus we came with a straight course to samothracia and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside, where a prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which are spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul in us and cried, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of this and he came out the same hour. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers. And they brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble in our city. And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitudes rose up together against them, and the magistrates... Oh, man. Magistrates. There's no no space on the word in my Bible. It looked like one word. Magistrate rent... Now I can't... Rent off their clothes. Magistrate... Which verse was I in? Uh... 22, 22. verse number 22. Magistrate rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. 
who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out a sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his, straight away. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Okay. So the title of our message is Terrible Convictions and Gentle Drawing. It's an excerpt of a sermon that was delivered on the morning of May 6, 1860, by the Reverend Charles Spurgeon at the Exeter Hall in Strand. Now, if we go back to... Uh, Acts chapter 11 through 34. It's a beautiful story. It's a wonderful story. It's a very famous story of where Paul and Silas uh, take a take an unclean spirit out of a woman named Lydia, right? No. No? Uh, the, uncle- the spirit was in a certain damsel, not uh, Lydia. Not Lydia itself, but a certain damsel. And then they get arrested and they get put in jail. And while they're in jail, they're, they, the, uh, the bonds get loosened, the door swings open, and then there's this guard. Now, during that time, and I'm trying to give some context to this, is that that, uh, that prison keeper, that, that jail guardsman, um, if anything would happen to his prisoners, let's say if they escaped, okay, then... The Romans would take his life. So what he was doing was he was taking the life because he knew he was going to die. Okay. And the reason why I'm, I'm bringing that up is because, you know, there may be some question. Why is this guy pulling out the knife, uh, sword already to go kill himself? And that's the context. And, and what Paul and Silas did during this time was they, they, had, they used it as an opportunity to witness to the jailer. And they, they, they told him not to do, you know, not to slew himself with the sword, not to kill himself with the sword. And they presented the gospel to him. Now, I want to take you into th- that, that jailer's optics here. He thinks his life's coming to an end. He, he sees his prisoner, prisoners running around free. So there's a lot of stress, a lot of turmoil, and a lot of unknown that's going to happen to him. Only thing he knows is if his boss sees, sees these prisoners run around, he's going to die. So they take that opportunity during the time of stress to present the gospel to the jailer. And the jailer gets saved and the, and the house gets saved. And that, that's a rejoice for, for Christ because someday we're going to see that jailer. And I'm, and I'm going to pull aside to that jailer and I'm going to ask him, could you please tell me the story, story again? I just want to hear it from you, you know. 
Did they rush up to you? Did they grab you? That you know, there's a lot of things that aren't explained in the Bible per se. You know, minute by minute, second by second descriptions. But you know, I, I would love to hear that, and I I, I am going to hear that story. So I just want to bring that into context. Uh, and Andy, I, I just had something real quick about how Paul and Silas got to this point, which I think is interesting. So. Let's go to verse number 17, and this, this, this is this being the woman with the spirit. The same followed Paul and us cry, and cried, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee to, in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that, the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them unto the... Uh, brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city, and teach customs which are not lawful to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. Something interesting about this is the, the mention of them being Romans. In all likelihood, the um, market men, or the businessmen, per se, were not uh, Romans. This, this was Macedonia in, you know, right after... Uh, uh, you know, Jesus died in the years following that. Um, <laughs> give me a weird look because you have no idea where I'm going with this. But it, this is about the context. Them being Romans, the, the market, the business, and in all likelihood weren't Romans. Probably the only person there besides Paul that was a Roman would have been the magistrate. So them being, them claiming that they're, they're Romans right there is they're playing to the magistrate because Jews were looked down upon by the Romans. Mm. And then if we move on to um, verse number 37, when um, the magistrate let them go for some reason or another, which isn't on the, uh, the slide, we see, but Paul said unto them, they've beat us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison, and now they thrust us out privily. Nay, verily let them come themselves and fetch us. Paul's saying, I'm a Roman, you just beat me. Do something about it, come grovel at my feet. Because Romans, Romans had a certain amount of privileges throughout the entire Roman Empire, which I think is interesting that Paul didn't bring this up when they were in court. And I think the reason he didn't bring this up when they were in court in front of the magistrate is because he had a feeling that there were, God had something for him to do. Okay. All right. Well, let's go on to the message for today. And I'm going to go ahead and start reading from Spurgeon, the book of 365 Days of Spurgeon. It says, I have met with at least a score of persons who found Christ and then mourned their sins more afterwards than they did before. Their convictions have been more terrible after they have known their interest in Christ than they were at first. They have seen the evil after they have escaped from it. They, have, they had been plucked out of the miry clay and their feet set, up, set on a rock. And then afterwards they have seen more fully the depth of that horrible pit out of which they have been snatched. It is not true that all who are saved suffered these convictions and terrors. There are a considerable number of, of who a number who are drawn by the cords of love and the bands of, of of a man. There are some who, like Lydia, have their hearts opened not by the crowbar of conviction, but by the picklock of divine grace, sweetly drawn, almost silently enchanted. 
by the lovely, loving loveliness of Jesus. They spanked, draw me and I will run after thee. And now you ask me the question, why has God brought me to himself in this gentle manner? Again, I say there are some questions better unanswered than answered. God knows best the reason why he does not give you these terrors. Leave that question with him. But I may tell, tell you an antidote. There, there, are a man, there was a man once who had never felt these terrors. And he, brought, he, he thought within himself, I never can believe I am a Christian unless I do. So he prayed to God that he might feel them. And, and he did feel them. And, and, what, and what do you think is his testimony? He says, never, never do that, for a result was fearful in, ex- in the extreme. If he had not known what he was asking for, he would, he would not have asked for anything so foolish. So we look in Psalms, chapter 30, or Psalms 32, verses 3 through 4. When I kept silent, my bones waxed old. Through my roaring all the day long, for day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer, Salah. So I want, to, I want to bring to the turmoil that people go through. You know, a lot of people say that they get saved during a low within their life. Okay, and that's why I brought up Lydia and the jailer. The jailer was at a low of his life. He was, he was so low that he was going to take his own life. He was like, there's no life for me to live. I'm, my family's going to be humiliated. And as soon as they find out that, you know, my prisoners got out, um, he was at a complete low. And he accepted Christ right then and there. But then there's others like Lydia that are drawn by the Spirit and drawn by the Word of God, by, by you know, the seed being planted and watered, and then there's a conviction. So both have convictions, but at two different, uh, two different circumstances. And one person may say that, well, that Christian is not saved because that person didn't have a conflict in their life when they got saved. How crazy that may sound, someone may come to that conclusion. Someone may say that person saved because his life got saved, talking about the jailer. The jailer got saved because his life got changed. He, he got to live another day. His turmoil, his, his struggle didn't exist. But also on the other end, is people that get saved, they look back at their life and they say, I got saved because of this, this problem or this conviction. Others may say, I didn't, because I didn't have that conviction. And what I'm trying to draw you to here is, and I hope I didn't lose anybody in, this, in that explanation, is the important thing is not know how we are brought to Christ, but that we are brought to Christ. The, the wind sometimes blows fiercely, and sometimes it blows gently. And, we, and I want to pull you to John chapter 3, verse number 8. It says, the wind bloweth where it listens, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So basically, what, 
we're, we're trying to explain everyone comes to Christ for a reason, okay? No matter what circumstances, they come to Christ and it's not, and they all accept Jesus Christ as their Savior and they believe in their heart and they confess it with their mouth. They're saved. That's it. You don't need a certain, certain circumstance in your life to go to Jesus. For example, and I'm trying to bring this up as quickly as possible. You cannot say or tell yourself, if you are an unbeliever right now, I am not going to accept Jesus Christ until I need him. Okay? That's complete foolishness. Because you do need Jesus Christ now if you think your life is perfect and everything's wonderful and, the, and as the Bible says, the, wind, the wind's blowing gently, you still need to accept Jesus right now because you do not know. You have no way of knowing what's going to happen right after this podcast. You have no idea knowing what's going to happen in the next second. You have no idea. So you're going to put your eternity based upon not knowing what's going to happen next. And you're going to say, and, and, and that's why I think it's foolish for you to say, I'm going to wait to accept Jesus Christ when I get married. I'm going to wait till I, I'm going to accept Jesus Christ until I have a lot of money. I'm going to wait until I accept Jesus Christ until I have a house. I'm going to wait to accept Jesus Christ until I have a car. I'm going to wait to accept Jesus Christ until I have a job. That's foolishness. Because you don't know that's going to happen. You don't. But I will tell you what will happen is if you accept Jesus Christ right now, at this present time, at the, during this podcast, or after this podcast, I can guarantee you, you have a life in eternity then. I can guarantee you, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. I will guarantee you, you can now do the will of God. So why wait? Why wait for something bad to happen to accept Christ? That's complete foolishness. You're not that great of a person. I'm going to tell you that right now through this microphone, directly to your heart. You're not that great of a person. If you think you can hold off on the biggest and best thing for you in your life until you feel right. Another thing. Someone may say, I'm not going to accept Christ until I feel it. Until I feel it. Well, brother, sister, tell me what that feeling is because I'm going to be honest with you. There's, there's no fireworks that are going off. There's no hallelujahs that are being yelled at. There's no angels that are going to be caressing you. I'm telling you, you're basing that upon, for number one, an imagination and number two, an unknown. An unknown that I don't know where you got that fact from, meaning that you're giving yourself an excuse. The devil's, in, the devil's playing its games. Now is the time. Spurgeon also says, but we should not presume upon God's kindness, forbearance, and patience. They lead us to repentance. When you accept Jesus, the moment before you accept Jesus, I want to go over this thing called repentance. That's a changing of mind. That's turning away from what you did that was ungodly to something godly. 
And a lot of people may say, well, I can't do that repentance, therefore I'm not going to get saved. Well, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God, that means you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, everyone here is a sinner, everybody on the earth or who's listening to this podcast or whoever's not listening to this podcast, you're a sinner too. So, you're a sinner, you don't know what's right or wrong. But if you take that step to realizing that you're a sinner and, and accept Christ and have the Holy Spirit within you, I will guarantee God will identify you need to repent. You need to change your ways and you change your mind. You turn around from whatever that sin was. Whatever that sin was. It may be your, your focus in life. I, I, played, I played football all my life. My younger years, younger adult years. I lifted weights. I, I played football. I was always athletic in the military. Always did it. But when I accepted Christ as my Savior, having the fittest and best body to perform the best athleticism wasn't my priority anymore. God changed that. He changed it into more of studying the Bible and getting close to him. Ministry. And you say, well, that's, you know, that's because, you know, you're a religious person. I'm, you can ask anyone around me, <laughs> okay? I am probably, if you, if you see me or if you talk, if you see me or talk to me, I mean, I'm not going to be cussing and swearing at you, but I'm not going to be like, you know, let's break down the Greek form of uh, Acts of the Apostles right now, and we're going to talk about the present verb right here because this verb right here corresponds with Corinth. No, I, I never have those conversations. You're put, some, someone's putting those ideas in your head. What I'm saying is having a life for Christ, ha, working the will of God, and being a part of his will, I'm talking about reading his Bible, I'm talking about learning from his Bible. I'm talking about praying to him. I'm talking about try those two things right now you're not doing in your life. You're going to see a focus in those things. And you need to turn away from that sin. So you don't have to be in a struggle. You don't have to be in a, the pit of life to come to repentance. You can be high on life right now and then you still need to have that repentance. If I take you to Romans chapter 2, verse number 4, or deepest, uh, or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth to repentance. That goodness of God leads to repentance. If you accept Jesus Christ and you have the Holy, Holy Spirit within your heart guiding you and you want to live that life for God, that will lead to repentance. Because I did not identify any of the sins you had. I didn't tell you any of the things you did wrong. Because that's not for me to tell you. No matter who you are, what you are, or how you're living your life right now, that's not for me or anyone else to tell you, hey, you're wrong. I, I, I will tell you, you're a sinner. You have sin. And for the wages of that sin, you're going to go to death, which is in hell, unless you accept Jesus Christ, which is the eternal gift which uh, is a gift of eternal life. Once you have that gift of eternal life and you accept 
him dying on the cross as sin for us and forgiving our sins and and dying on the cross, buried in in the tomb and rose again the third day. And we have the Trinity, God, God, the Holy Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit that dwells within us while we're on this earth. Then you will get the realization of what you did wrong in your life. So you don't have to say, I, I really screwed up. I need Christ right now. No, you can be living that perfect life, high on the hog, and you still need Christ. You can be a billionaire. I don't care. If you're Donald Trump right now and you're listening, Mr. President, you need to get saved. It doesn't matter how great you are. If you're Joe Biden, you need to get saved. But I'm saying, no matter how much money you have, no matter how great, no, how great your life is, and you don't think you need Christ, you're making a mistake. You're foolish. You need, you need to accept Christ right now. And that from that Holy Spirit and following God will lead to repentance. All right. Here at The Daily Grind, we want you to share, share, share this podcast to as many people as you possibly can. Places where I cannot go. Post it on Facebook. Text it to people. Send our link. Do what you got to do. Share, share, share. We need as many followers and as many downloads as possible. Also, if you want to help us and and you enjoy our ministry, write a comment. I get comments on Facebook, but, you know, after the podcast, write a comment on uh, Spotify. Give us, you know, whatever stars you think are acceptable. Andy and I, we think five. But if you don't think five and you want to put six, that's fine. And there's only five stars. (laughs) No, I'm joking. (laughs) But whatever you want, please comment, please rate us, please push uh, this podcast to as many people as possible. Also, you can always go to Faith Life, uh, Faith Baptist, ElPaso.org, FaithLife.com, Faith El Paso for our online community. And did you have anything else, Sandy? You sure? You're good? And uh, we are on Facebook at Faith El Paso is our group name. But also we want to invite you to Sunday service. That's May 10th, this Sunday, from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m., I would like you to go to faithbaptistelpaso.org and click on um, watch live and you can watch our service at 11 a.m. This is Mountain Standard Time, 11 a.m. at 12 p.m. Please come. Also, if you want to support our ministry, give a little bit. Go to faithbaptistelpaso.org forward slash give. It's online giving. Uh, Help us push and be able to get on more platforms be able to help out the the sound and the quality that we're trying to deliver to our uh, brethren and sisters out there. So please help us out. Also, we do have a Bible study that is going to be live, by the way. I I noticed uh, it it is live. Uh, It's going to be at 7.30 tonight on faithbaptistelpaso.org. Just click on Watch Live. That's going to be a live service we're going to have for Wednesday. Pastor Rinka is going to be delivering a Bible study message, I believe, on Job. If you want to come and participate in that, watch with us. Enjoy it. Also comment on that. And if you do not make it to any of these live streams, just go to our website. Click on media. Go to videos. Every message will be there. Every single one. 
We have a great collection of podcasts, Bible studies, videos, online radio. So anytime. Thank you. Have a good day.